0: This is a Dungeons & Dragons podcast where we play Dungeons & Dragons with each other, but we have to go really fast because Jeremy has to work.
1: (laughs) We have to go really fast. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! Let's do this!
0: Let's get it! Go!
2: Everyone And welcome to Make Believe Heroes, an actual play, 5th edition, Dungeons & Dragons adventure. I'm your host and Dungeon Master. My name is Paul, and I'm joined tonight by four of my friends. <laughs>
0: this is Jeremy, and I play
2: Saul hey this is jeffrey and i play servants off the wall hi this is alan and i play char i'm please and i play miss and we are make believe heroes thank you for uh <laughs> listening we love you Uh quick shout out for one of our patreon supporters uh we are not 100 sure if we've given you a shout out yet if we have great you got two but thank you so much for being a patron andrew mclaren yeah, boy. you rock and you are our hero the wind beneath You're our wings make believe Hero. You are but also our, our true honest to life like real hero. If you want to support us, get in on the Discord, uh, early release episodes, MBH plays, Mono Me Unwrapped. Oh, we just did a Mono Me Unwrapped where we talked about the non hills. It was really cool. Go to Patreon.com slash make believe heroes. Uh you could also leave us a five star review because we're in a hurry. We're not gonna read one today. But don't worry, we'll read one next time. Let's begin with the rolling of the giant blue D oh, okay. twenty significantly oh, okay. faster than the last time. Yeah.
1: We really needed this.
2: Nine. All right. So last time I rolled a 15. You could tell. And we all died. (laughs) And
1: then we all died.
2: (laughs) I bet I rolled more fives and sixes on those D6s than I have ever. um, Forever. Which I did roll like a lot of them. Last time on Make Believe Heroes. Our heroes were trapped in a room with some crazy devil woman who was invisible. They could not see her. Uh, They were trying to find her. Marie got instantly taken down by her. Uh, And then as they were trying to figure out what was going on, boom, these goop clay monsters dropped from the ceiling above them and began to just really tear up Jack while this woman was sneaking around quietly and invisible, slashing people. Things got pretty rough. Servants was holding on just barely to life. Everyone was doing their best. And just when they struck a killing blow to one of the clay monsters and And really hurt this devilish woman. Uh, She sort of pulled a, uh, a coup de gras, if you will. She cast some sort of powerful spell, and these giant balls of ice began to fall from that mist, which clung to the ceiling. And as it was happening, and Sir Vance took the brunt force of it, along with Char, falling, trying to stay conscious for just a moment, Howler saw that the ice falling from this storm was not your typical clearish blue, but instead a dark ashen gray. And as he did, he was immediately reminded of something. Vance felt as his memory was rising up in him, and as he was losing consciousness, Howler took over him and yelled out a name. Zori Lendai. You all hear as Vance yells out and you turn and you see that Vance is lying on the ground. One of his eyes is closed. The other is split open, large and red with a slit pupil vertical. And you can see that the howler is speaking through his mouth, although he seems to not be able to move right now. The moment that he yells out the words, Zori Zorilindai, uh, what was the layout? Char, you were kind of off to one side. Uh, Saul, you and Miss were engaged. Were you engaged with her?
1: No, I was running toward her.
2: You were coming over there. Saul's engaged with her. Vance was behind That's Vance right. and Saul. As those words are called out, this woman is screaming and this hail is falling and the wind is blowing. Those words reverberate off of the walls and She stops. And she looks down, which her eyes are covered by this cloth. But she she is looking down toward the sound of this voice, and you all can see that Vance is sort of breathing heavily. Uh, it, it's sort of an odd sensation. It looks like half of his body is working, and the other half is completely unconscious. He's like holding, he's sort of pushing himself up on his right arm, but the left side of his body is just completely, un- just not working. It's unconscious. Sorry. you see her just like take a step back and her hand sort of comes up to her mouth, and the wind and the hail sputters out and dissipates. She's sort of frozen standing there, and uh, Howler yells out,
3: Someone help help him. him. He is, he's dying. Help him.
1: I can healing word him.
0: Saul looks at Char and says, Looks like your friend needs some help.
2: Oh, that's cold, Saul. That is cold. It's not my turn, though. So initiative has sort of broken in this moment. Oh, yeah. yeah we're we're
4: operating outside of initiative. Then I cast Magic Missile. Finish it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have Magic Missile. Finally. I will cast
2: Cur Wounds at second level. Cur Wounds. You got a Cure Wounds? So you step over to him. So I would step it over to him. You're moving toward him. The woman, she doesn't even react to you. She seems to be in shock. So that heals 12
4: plus 4. 16 damage. Okay.
2: 16 health come flooding back into you, Vance.
0: Saul has his rapier ready to jam it into the heart of this demon with the bandages.
2: Like I said, she seems to be checking out uh, sort of at the moment. She She's shaking. Uh, trembling, she goes to take a. She's trying to take a step forward, just almost terrified to move. And she says, "Could could it
3: could it be? It
2: cannot be you, Vance. You've regained consciousness, but you notice in this moment that Howler is is speaking through you.
3: It is. It is me,
2: Zori. It is I." The woman steps forward slowly, and Vance, you you stand tall, back straight, head high. She approaches taller than you. She reaches down and sort of puts her hand uh, over on your face and, and sort of traces around the scar. How can it... how can it be? How can this be you? And then she looks down, and she sees the hellburner blade and when that happens she just falls to her knees she lets her hands slide down your arm and grasp the hellburner blade tracing the sharp edge of the sword she is clearly to those of you that are observing now clearly blind unable to see Uh aha but she is sort of having a moment what are the rest of you doing in this moment Char are you just kind of watching I'm also having a moment okay what about Saul and Misk
1: uh, Miss just goes over to Saul and kind of is still watching, but she like goes over to make sure Saul's okay.
2: Yeah, and Saul, I'm assuming you have your sword drawn, like you said, ready just for whatever.
0: Yeah, he's he's basically following her step
2: for step. I mean, at any point he can down her. Howler speaks. Sorry. He places a hand on her shoulder and he kneels down, and he places his forehead on her forehead, and he says. I I can't believe you're still here.
3: How how long has it
2: been? And she is uh, silent, but uh, crying. There are tears tears falling from her from her face, running down her face onto the floor. Howler looks up at the rest of you. And he says, "This is my what? wife."
1: What? Howler's got a
4: wife? Does anyone respond to that? Char audibly gasps.
1: Misk is just quiet.
0: Saul is... He... Seeing what's going on. He's interested in Marie. Like, he's listening to what's going on. Yeah, she's unconscious. He wants to go and uh, try to medicine
2: check, help her. And Misk
1: seeing him do that is kind of going to just protect them while he does that while
2: she's watching. Do you have any of your lay on hands or those gone? Let me check. It says you have them.
0: Yeah, I do have them.
2: Okay, so you want to use those? Yep. Okay. She can have them. Okay, so you just sink 15 hit points of healing into her. You channel your divine power, and she comes around groggily, but um, she is awake looking up at you as this is all sort of happening.
0: He's going to uh, whisper in her ear It's the howler's wife
2: What I What what is What's happening Something Something attacked me
0: He's gonna like Pick her up And Not pick her up But like pull her up In his chest Mm -hmm. And like just whisper to her Basically what's happened While And yeah You can just cut away from it
2: Okay Vance Are you saying anything to How are you reacting in any way
0: uh, I was just letting him do his thing at the moment this is his wife
2: yeah they're having a moment uh, they are just sort of embracing she is weeping uh, after a moment she does stand and uh, she she sort of turns toward the room facing you all and howler says
3: this is Zori when die one of the most powerful devils. I have ever known and my wife. At least I we were uh she, we were we ruled this fortress together. We uh We waged war on the hills.
0: Excellent. You can stop killing us and show us the way out
2: she like I said, facing the room, she sort of uh, bows her head uh, a little towards you all, and she says, "You have returned my I, I do not understand how you are here uh, I, I, I don't you I'm sorry. I am sorry i um she she seems like visibly shaken up, not sure what to do I am." Most sorry for trouble that I have caused you. I I have forgotten myself. It has been so long since anyone has braved these halls.
0: Well, at least that means the Forsaken isn't here. The Forsaken? She says, like, questioningly. The Forsaken? How long have you been here? The central circle of the hills is rampaging. It's... Destroyed most of the kingdoms. I
2: know nothing of this. I have been here in this tower, in this fortress for millennia. I have lost track, Tor. She says, looking at uh, the howler. She called him Tor?
3: She did. Don't worry, Zori. Listen. We have much work to do. The human. The one who is... Lending me his form. He is a good man. I know that that is interesting coming from me, a human. But he brought me here. We have a pact, a deal. He's going to help us. Can you help us? I I don't know all of the fail-safes. I don't know all the protections of our fortress. Can you take us through it?
2: She nods. Uh, and she also, like, waves her hand, and as she does, the other devils in the room that were still asleep on the cots, they stir and awake. Uh, she apparently had them under some sort of an enchantment that kept them asleep. Mm. Char wakes up. Char's awake.
1: Well, let's get out of here.
0: She almost murdered us. We definitely need to get out of here. We definitely need to heal.
2: There is a place where we can rest. I will take you there.
0: Then let's
1: go. Everyone... Get your stuff, we're leaving.
2: They're sort of getting up. Everyone looks kind of confused. Um, You know, those that are awake that have been, you know, that have seen it and kind of hearing enough to know what's going on. After a few moments, everyone sort of, um, you know, is filled in. Vance, what are you doing?
0: I mean, I'm just
2: following her. Okay. So I'm going to say for this next bit, basically you and Howler are kind of which is really the first time this has ever happened, but you're sort of both here. You know, you sort of both are awake and able to speak, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So you feel free to speak with anyone or chime in or do anything that you want during this time. Okay. Cool. Uh, people are gathering up their things. Char, you feel uh, something. Oh, no. Uh, sort of burning sensation on your arm. I look at my arm and see what's there. It's a brand. And it seems to be sort of glowing just a little bit. I say, hey, guys, what's this? I mean, you know what it is. Oh, what? It,
4: remind me. I'm sorry. It's
2: the thing. It's the brand. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah, that the guy put on you. It's char. It's, it's yeah,
2: that it's symbol. Oh,
4: you know, the guy? Yeah. So do I know, like, like what, what
2: does it mean whenever it's that he's getting closer, I'm guessing? So... What it was for, what he gave it to you for, is for you to use it, and he taught you to do that sort of fireball teleportation thing. Right, right. So, and when he spoke to you earlier, again, it sort of glowed a little bit. You felt that. So, you don't really know what it means, but it seems that his sort of power or presence seems to activate it, or something like that. You just get a sense, like, hmm, something. I start
4: packing up my things more vigorously and say, hey, I think we should hurry on. I think we'll have company soon.
3: Company? What sort of company?
4: What do you mean, company? A tea party. Tea party? The Andersons, they're coming over. What do you think? It's it's the the bad guys.
3: The Forsaken? Yes. They can't can't breach this fortress. No one can.
4: I'll probably
2: try.
0: How would you know that, Char?
2: Remember, I divined earlier. Uh, I'll tell you what, Char, roll me. That's true. <laughs> I won't make you roll me a, a deception check, but I'm going to... Sog, you can give me an, an insight check if you want to see if that's me, if he's being totally honest. And we'll just set it at like a DC uh, 15. 15 on the dice. I was going to say 15, so there it is. You think he is being honest, but you don't think he's necessarily giving you the whole truth but that's kind of how you always feel about char you know
0: i want to kill him more
2: okay uh you hear a slight ringing in your ears no i'm just kidding um so everyone gets their things together you quickly uh you know everyone's ready zori lindai she walks over to the center of the room where that uh the, the steps keep appearing and coming up she places her hand on the floor in the center there And uh, these runes light up, which you have never seen, that were completely invisible before. And then you all hear the sound of like, stone grinding like you have whenever that pillar would uh, extend up above. But rather than uh, the steps coming up and sort of twisting up into the room, she steps back and the floor, those runes kind of come in a circle around it. And like the center of the floor comes up like a very large circle. It comes straight up. There's more and more grinding and a floor comes up into the middle of it like a platform. It almost looks like a stone gazebo sort of, not like a fancy gazebo, but that sort of shape, you know, where you guys can step on this stone platform into the middle of it. And she steps up onto it, into the center, and Vance slash Howler follows her up, and he turns and says, Come on. I follow. Saul trusts none of these people, but he comes on.
1: And Misk is right with Saul.
2: Marie, Greedaren, Rowan, they all follow suit and climb onto this uh, stone platform. And as you do, the runes on the floor light again, and it begins to descend. Uh, the platform you're standing on stays still, but the sort of stone structure the pillars around you are turning as you're all descending into basically like a stone cylinder. Uh, you're going down, down, down. Think like an elevator, honestly. But the outside of it is turning like a corkscrew while you guys are remaining still in the center of it. It goes down, down, down for quite a while. Um, You know, you don't really know exactly how many floors you descend through, but you probably all have the thought, wow, if we had to make our way through these one by one, I don't know if we could have survived that. Nope, we'd be Based on your your current experience up to this point. As you are going down, uh, you notice that, um, of course, Zori has an arm uh, placed on... Vance's shoulder, his right shoulder, and she is sort of leaning uh, toward him. Uh, You know, it it seems like a stance that has been held many, many times before. Finally, this elevator comes to a stop. and You are all, uh, you sort of come through the floor and it is turning down through an open air and you land in this large stone room. This is sort of similar to the one that you were just in, in that there are uh, cots and couches, but they look more comfortable. There is a large hearth that is cold and unlit, but the walls are covered in gashes and scrapes and scratches. There are burn marks and ash everywhere. It looks like someone has absolutely wrecked this place. That's awesome. But there's, there are no signs of life in this room. It's totally still. Everything is covered in ash and dust like nothing has stirred in here for quite some time.
0: Saul so takes that as a good thing.
2: She says, You may all rest here. Please, don't, do not mind the, the disrepair. Char goes nap nap. You all, um, you, like I said, there are a number of these like cots and things and couches. It looks like someone's living room but that has been utterly destroyed. Char says, nice
4: decorating. (laughs) You have a home invasion?
2: It has been a difficult time. Please, get your rest. So do do you all look for a place to rest now? What are you doing?
1: Misk is going to go to, well, she's going to be right next to Saul anyways, Mm -hmm. so she's just going to rest. She don't really have any, I don't know. She's hurting pretty bad.
2: Everyone is sort of tenuously uh, settling in for a rest. People are nervous, obviously. People keep watching Zuri Lindai. They are reasonably nervous watching her. Uh, and I'm a, she sort of leads you over to... Uh, there are some cushions lying, like lying on the floor against the wall. She walks over. She motions in that direction for you, uh, Vance. So you and and she go over there and... and have a seat sort of on these cushions leaned against the wall, and she and Howler are speaking to one another, you know, quietly speaking. He's asking a lot of questions about how long it's been, and she's asking a lot of questions about how did he get here, and he's sort of filling her in a little bit on the story of how you all got here. And she doesn't say a lot about what she's been doing and what's been going on here. She mostly is asking him. She seems to be somewhat still in shock. What are the rest of you doing? Do you do anything or say anything or anything before you rest?
0: Saul talks to Misk and Marie. Okay. Misk, I do not trust either of those two, and I do not believe that Vance will keep control much longer.
1: No, I feel like Howler will kill Vance before it's over with. There's no way that Howler would give up being... He's been reunited with his wife. I just... I don't trust him either.
0: Marie, I need out of a blood contract And has anyone noticed What is Up with Char
4: Char, where are you at? Are you far away from them? I'm actually in the same kai as uh, <laughs> <laughs> Marie and uh, oh, Saul.
1: Saul
2: Yeah, you look over And Char's like hey. oh. <laughs> What is up with that guy? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know <laughs> Okay
1: uh, didn't he say last time like he told us all that they were coming or whatever and we had he no did. idea okay. he told I you all that he it. was
2: running from them that's what he told you he told you that he got left behind and he was running from them and he ran from them and he managed to just barely escape basically that's what he told you
4: and it's true it is true or is it is
2: it it's not alright go ahead Jeremy um Maurice says
3: I <sighs> I
2: I'm not quite versed in blood magic. I've told you this, and I am still feeling a a bit worse for wear. It was a close one back there. You're not wrong. We'll get some rest. Uh, We can speak. I I don't know how to free you from this blood contract. I've never dealt with mortal blood, and that is what flows through your veins now, Satsaris. You may appear to be Infernal, in your nature, but you're different. Oh, I know. You said that you had a couple of conversions. I did. I, I felt it. I felt the divine power with which you healed my wounds. How is this possible?
0: He, uh, takes her hand. Mari? <sighs> Try not to hate me. Share the gospel. <laughs> I- I've aligned myself with Pelor. The sun god. It was with his holy fire that I healed you.
2: But the devils have no god, Satsaris.
0: Oh, I know. I was my own god for a long time.
2: And now you've been what? adopted
0: (laughs) that is an excellent way to put it i was going into the void literally the nothing i became mortal i left the hells i changed who i was and i had a choice i had oblivion or a gift and i accepted
2: you knew this when you left do you not recall Do you not recall when you came to me? You asked me to send you to the natural plane. And I told you that if you went, the only thing that awaited you was death. And then the void.
0: I do remember that part.
2: (sighs) Well, here we are.
0: Marie. It's not. (sighs) It's perhaps the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Think about it. You can stay here. You die, you come back, you die, you come back. Well, maybe not so much now. There was, it was an endless cycle. I chose to have meaning. I went. I don't even really remember why I went, but I went, and I chose it. And.
2: And, and what of. What of what Talia? Who? Neftalia.
0: What? He looks at Misk. Who? What? Looks back at.
2: Marie. You both feel very, very anxious. Back of your neck is hot, nervous. You feel an uh, emptiness in the pit of your stomach for just a moment.
1: Misk is going to stand up.
2: Sotsaris.
1: What are you talking about?
2: Your mother. What of your mother? Did you find her or did you not? Uh, n- no.
0: <laughs> Misk. Our mother.
2: Everything is just suddenly coming flooding back to you. Uh Saul stands up. you realize again, like for the first time, that she is gone, that she is there. and now you're here again.
1: Miss falls to the ground. What happened? Saul, what's she talking about?
0: <sighs> you happened. Saul is like Saul is so mad.
1: <laughs> Me, what did I didn't do anything.
0: He's, like, trembling and, like, draws his rapier. You left.
1: I had no choice, Saul. They took her. Who took her? I... Is Miss just, does she just remember everything? Yeah, like
2: in this exact moment, you're remembering everything about your mother. It's like she didn't exist five minutes ago, but now everything is coming back to you.
1: I didn't know, Saul. Said Sars. you have to believe me. I didn't know.
2: You left. We were supposed to rescue her.
0: You were supposed to show up. You never came. They put her through a portal. They sent her to Monumi.
1: Serastis, sit Miss just stops as she just like looks down because she don't
0: know what to say to Saul.
2: And she remembers, now he's saying this. she is remembering the specific details of that situation.
0: You left us to die in the Drowning Circle. And the King of the Drowning Circle took her immortality and sent her to Manumi. I'm sorry. Saw so is so mad. <laughs> no, I mean, he's like trembling with tears in his eyes. He's standing over her with his sword out. You have
1: the right, at Saurus. Just do it.
0: I mean, Saul's just crying like a baby now. He, like, gets down on his knees in front of her. She was my mother. She was the only one that was g- good to us here. And he's, like, he drops his sword and, like, puts his hands on her horns. And is was, like, putting their heads together. And is just crying with her.
1: I didn't know. I didn't know that was going to happen. If I did... I wouldn't. I would have been there. She was my mother, too.
0: He's like still holding her horns.
2: Mm. I, uh,
0: I love you, big sister. It's okay. We'll find her.
1: Yes, we will.
2: Char. It's me. You have been sort of observing them out of the corner of your eye, just kind of watching. Um you feel that that mark on your arm. It's not like it was where it sort of flared up and hot, but you, you now it just it's sort of a nagging sensation. Okay. You do anything <laughs> with that? I
4: just kind of rub on it, nurse it, make sure it's uh, you know try to keep watch over my flock by night
2: i'm, I'm just saying like it, it, do you want to do anything at this point or are you just going to go to rest i'm pretty much just nap napping okay so nothing you don't want to do anything or I, I was just making sure you didn't want to do anything like you did your divination or anything even along those nights. i don't got
4: no spell slots or hell that's fine
2: <laughs> that's fine I mean, you're all about to take a rest. I'm asking if you wanted to do anything before that.
4: Uh, No, I think I'm just going to go nap nap because I feel like divination probably wouldn't be very helpful.
2: (laughs) That's fine. Yep. Okay. You sense them. Me? Yeah. You sense them, you know, you can just sense something approaching. You know what I'm saying? Not like, oh, they're here. They're coming. You just know they are coming. Like he said. Do I have an inclination of how close? They do not seem close. If anything, they seem farther now than they did when you when you sensed them the fir- when you first did the divination spell. Like you, They feel far away, but you can just feel their sort of malice, if that makes sense.
4: Do I have any sense of whether the thing on my arm uh, could allow them to teleport to me? Because I know he followed me that time. Do you have detect magic? Uh, let me check. I think I do, actually. But I don't know if I have a spell slot for it. Uh, let's see. What level is Detect Magic? I think it's just level one. I have Dispel Magic. It's like Detect, but different. Ooh, can I Dispel it? You could try. Uh, Well, I'll have to cast a fourth level spell slot. So You can do it at third. Uh, I don't have any sl- Uh, slots. Okay. So I'm going to cast it at fourth level. Oh, okay. Choose any one creature, object, or magical effect within range. Any spell of third level or lower on the target end. So I choose myself as the target. And then for 4th level. So the DC equals 10 plus the... Spells level. Yeah, but if it's 4th level or lower, since I'm casting it a 4th level, it's automatic. Okay, go ahead and roll me at e d20. So that is an 8.
2: Uh, spell casting ability. So here... It's, so here 15 yeah, total. Your spell casting ability modifier. Oh, okay, whoa, that's a lot better than I thought.
4: Yeah, because I've got a plus um,
2: 7. So you're sort of looking at this, and you're kind of using your, intu- your magical intuition, you know, your, your ability, your learning, your skill, and also your senses to sort of find out what's up with this thing. To see if there's any way that they can track you, and if there is, if there's any way that you could interrupt that. You find that this mark is sort of tied to your uh, elemental nature, Okay. It's a magic you're very unfamiliar with, but you do sense a connection between yourself and this person, this, uh, this king, this, this guy who has uh, established himself as your king, whether you wanted him to be or not, right?: Yeah. Um, you don't think, uh, you don't think that he like knows he could point to you on, on a map or anything like that. But you do feel this sort of connection between the two of you, and you do feel like you could sever it, or maybe not sever it, but definite, you know, at least for a time. Weaken it.
4: So Dispel Magic weakened it, or I need to do something extra to weaken it?
2: If you you cast Dispel Magic, yes, then, like, for now. That's what
4: I just cast.
2: Yes, that's what I'm saying. That's what it's that's what it's doing. Okay, I'm just okay. I'm just sort of flavoring it. Yes, that's okay. what I'm saying. I'm just flavoring good. like I was what confused. happens. But I get it. Oh, my bad. My bad. So you you notice this and like that's what you're doing. You, you 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 realize you could with your skill and your magic sort of dispel this definite. You don't know if it will last because of the nature of it that it's tied to you as an elemental and the fact that he is the king of that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, you feel like maybe you would need to find a way to like, actually straight-up sever this connection. It's not so much that this brand is connecting you to him. It's just that this brand is sort of your first introduction into all that you can do as an elemental in his domain.
4: Word. So I okay, rest cool. easy knowing that uh, I've dampened uh, something. And it's less... And yes. It's moister
2: now. It's moist. It's he doesn't moist. know where you're at. Servants... Saul and Misk, you're seeing. you know, is that while, while that's going on, Vance, you and Howler are sitting there with Zori. She leans over and she whispers in your ear, There's something that I must show you, Zor. Howler, uh, uh, you feel him, like, you can feel this affection in him. And he says, What is it, Zori? You, you can tell me. And she says, um, Once they have mostly fallen asleep, you must must follow me below. And she kind of uh, waves her hand toward the left side of the room, and you see there is a door there. Um, After a few minutes, you notice that Saul and Misk seem to be having some sort of a heated altercation, uh, and everybody's kind of focused on them. And where you guys are standing, Howler speaks to you, Vance. He says, Now might be a good time. Are you okay with this? Yeah, let's go. Let's. And he gets up, he takes Zori by the hand, and then he silently leads the three of you to the door and out the door. Uh, Char, you might have seen them go, uh, but it would have been sort of in the midst of everything you were dealing with. You might not have. Uh, I don't really think it matters. So, Vance, you and Zori, with Howl are sort of leading the way, quietly slip through this stone doorway into a hall. You, You close the door behind you quietly. And with a wave of her hand, the braziers light with a blue flame. As they do, you are making your way through this hall. It is a long dark stone hallway it leads outward and then down a staircase and then outward down another staircase and it's sort of looping around. And there are a series of doors you pass and Howler as you're walking through he recognizes this place. He knows that this is their this was their home. This was their you know, their living quarters. This was his home. He's you can he's he's feeling the memories of, of his comrades here with him. Of, you know coming back here after a victory of, of celebrating out there in the room where you were just at and sort of all coming back to him now you lead down a long hallway and then you come to a door it is stone and it has petrified wood lying across it like a beam uh, that is holding it shut locking it from the outside what, what is, is this Zori she says
3: I think you know what
2: this is, Tor. This... this is... this is our... this is our...
3: our chambers. Yes, I know that. But why is this... beam here? This... lock? Her head sort of droops. Just...
2: please, oh, lift it, open it. We... there's something I must show you. Nervously, Vance, uh, you step forward with a heave and a hoe, pull this very heavy uh, beam up, sort of off one side, and um, lift it, slide it down, and lean it against the wall. She steps forward. Uh, Her hand is shaking as she reaches the handle, pulls it back. You hear a click. Uh, And then she takes, she reaches up around her neck and she reaches into her robe and she pulls out a key tied to a small silver chain and she pushes the key into a keyhole. There's a second click and then the door swings towards you. Stepping inside, the chamber is very dark. If it were just you, Vance, there's no way you'd be able to make heads or tails of anything in here.
1: Yeah, I would, too.
2: You can see clearly with your devil's eye. Uh-huh. This room is in complete disarray. If you thought the living quarters you were just in, the, the uh, sitting room, was in, in bad shape, this is worse. Everything is covered in a thick layer of ash and dust. It's a large chamber. Uh, it's a bedroom. There's a desk off to one side. There's a chair, uh, a wooden, petrified wooden chair. It has been torn into pieces. The desk is broken on one side of its legs. It's leaning over sideways. Uh, there are a number of parchments and scrolls just torn apart, littering the room. Candles spread, broken. The only thing in the room that seems to still be sort of together, uh, halfway, is a large four-poster bed. It has four black pillars around it. Uh, They also seem to be made of this blackened, gray, petrified wood. And, of course, there are some black braziers on the walls that are not lit. Uh, But after in the room for a moment, she waves her hand, and again, these light with that low blue light. The moment that they light, uh, you can see the, the bed a little better. It's got these obsidian black sheets. They seem to be some sort of like a satin black sheets on this bed made of this petrified wood. And as those lights come up, you see something stir on the bed. Lying on the bed, half covered in the sheets, is an emaciated figure. Its skin is as black as darkness, but it's stretched thin over pale bones to the point that it's almost become transparent like smoke. It has two large wings but they're curled around its middle which you can see is shrunken in almost to the spine. This figure is shriveled up and curled up almost like a fetus. Vulnerable. Weak. Its eyes are sunk into its skull which seems overly large compared to its frail skeletal body. It seems to be naked except for the sheets that cover its waist and you see two sunken dulled grey eyes glaring at you and the only thing that you can sense from those eyes is pure hatred Vance roll me uh, as you're stepping into this room and and I'm assuming you're you whether you want to or not you are starting to approach this bed I want you to roll me a constitution saving throw that's an 8 plus
3: 2 so 10
2: stepping forward you you are overcome with a wave of sickness you feel dizzy Uh, you vomit you uh, you are shaking and trembling it's overwhelming you are feeling so many things at once wash over you anger confusion fear disgust despair and a crushing loss and you know exactly who it is that you're looking at. This emaciated figure curled up on the bed, seemingly so weak he can't move, looking at you is Tor Metvas, as he was once known. You know him as the Howler.
1: Bum, bum, bum. Not sure how this is possible.
2: Zori is just kind of standing back with her head bowed.
1: Is this you? can't be.
3: They... They cut my body down. I felt the fire burning me. I was burnt away like all those enemies I had slayed with this sword. It can't be. He says out loud,
2: and Zori sort of recoils from it. How is this possible? she comes forward placing a, a cold hand on his shoulder again Tor when they cut you down with your own sword I watched you burn away but it was different I heard you scream and shriek I saw them take your hell burner blade I saw them I saw them open a hole into the mortal plane and cast it into the sea. But I could not, couldn't believe that you were gone, so I, I went to the Storm of Souls. Here, in in your home, in in the Thundering Circle, and I waited. I thought, maybe we were wrong. Maybe you would be reborn. Maybe the blade failed on you. After all, we we crafted it, you and I. We crafted it, the magic that we used, the sacrifice from your own own body to craft it. Perhaps it didn't work on you. In a way I was right. She walks over and she puts a hand on the head of the emaciated figure lying on the bed. I was lost without you. I waited the storm of souls for years. Wasting away, I was about to finally give up when I spotted something thrown against the jagged stone surrounding the Storm of Souls. It was you, it was you, Tor Medvas. But somehow not the same, you were lost, broken. Something was missing. You were alive. This creature, she says, motioning to the figure on the bed, was alive, but mad. being of pure rage, the passion, the love, was all gone. It seems that the sword could not destroy your body. I believed that it destroyed your soul something I did not even know a devil possessed but here you are and this flesh is yours you are the howler the lights on the braziers kind of burn brighter and you hear a hiss come out of the body of howler on the bed
3: this is who you were meant to be
2: claim it my lord.